Phil Nevin joining us right now, Angel Skipper. Why don't you why don't you intro your boy? Filthy Phil. I mean, he's the manager of the Angels. He <laughs> I knew that's how this was gonna get started. So, <laughs> so all right, I'm not even introducing him. He's the manager of the Angels. I've known Phil for 20 years, family well, the whole mm-hmm. deal. Uh been on trips with him and the whole thing. So I'm disappointed he doesn't have the beard because he had the gray coming in. But before we even get started, you didn't hear earlier in the show. We knew we were bringing you on. We we're talking about Gabe Kapler. Who wins in a fight? You or Gabe? Oh, a fight? Gee, we're too old for that stuff now, guys. Come on. Oh, uh, oh man. <laughs> uh, Gabe, Gabe's an ex-teammate of mine. Uh, he works out a lot more than I do. I'm getting there, but uh, it's it's uh, no, we don't we don't fight. We uh, we're too we're good we're good buddies, and you know, Gabe and I have got along for a long time. And, I'll take you though, AJ, any day. Oh, that, that, dude, that's what I was just going to ask next. I was going to say, listen, yeah, who wins? Who wins in the fight, man? Unbelievable. Right, Phil and I have almost gone to blows a couple times. No right? Yeah, yeah. Over, uh, that's uh, just dumb, that's golf shit, dumb golf shit. You know, friends <laughs> getting fights. I, Phil, I took you because I said you're going to get dirty. You're going to fight dirty. Gabe's going to be worried about get, being all clean, not ruining his tan. You're fighting dirty, Phil. I know, listen, you're fighting dirty. Speaking of looks, is this a hat backwards show? Do I got to go the other way? <laughs> yeah, it seems to be. Oh, I didn't get the memo, but that's that's how these guys uh, all kind of fit in together. But did he give an answer, though? Did no, he said they're friends. They'd never fight. Okay. Obviously, there's no official beef. It just became a theme where they were like, part of it was, Phil, people not realizing maybe if they don't know you or they haven't been around you, like, you know, Cap's got the whole Instagram spread going. You're You're a big dude. You know, I wouldn't want to mess with Phil Nevin in a fight on the field. That's all I'm saying. No, I don't. I don't have the Instagram or any of that stuff either. I don't. I don't want people to find me. They know where to get me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, how's life right now um, with this ball club and what you've seen in the first couple of weeks? Give us your evaluation. Well, first off, you said how's life. Things are great, man. I. Uh, you were just talking about counts and him living at home and. Uh, I'm in the same situation. I get to be, you know, I grew up down the street. Uh, my high school was about four or five miles away. Obviously, Cal State Fullerton was right, right down the road. So I'm in, I'm in a lucky position. I really am. Um, you know, the people talk about the years and whatever I spent in the minor leagues. It's it's totally worth it uh, from what I, the experiences I had, the relationships I made with a lot of, you know, the three guys on this set, really. Uh, <coughs> And to be in the position I am, uh, I'm, I'm not naive to the fact that I know not many first-year managers get to inherit the roster I have with two of the best players in the world, and we've added a nice support group around them. Uh, right now, we're playing, you know, okay baseball. We've we've, we've kind of had some ups and downs here. We're 500. We just got done playing what I consider two of the best teams in the league in Seattle, and and I tell you what, Toronto's really playing well. Uh, we lost a tough one last night, but. Uh, I got a great group. Uh, one thing I'm really proud of is the way that room is. Uh, we brought in some really quality character guys, individuals, and you can just sense in that room there's something special in there. I'm, I'm sure a lot of teams are going to say that right now. It's, you know, that's the right thing to say, right? But uh, I really believe in it. Um, our lineup is deep. Our starting pitching's done very well. And uh, I, if you look at the outlying numbers in our bullpen, you know we've got a high strikeout rate. We haven't hardly walked anybody. The, uh, the, the the contact is uh, we've had we've given up a lot of weak contact lately that we know is going to change and we've hit a lot of balls hard that we know are going to change lately so uh, I really like where we're at. Phil, 
Now, first of all, I worked out with you quite often. You would beat Gabe's ass. Second, <laughs> you would definitely, you would, you definitely still working out. Don't, I mean, unless, unless you stop that as a manager now, you don't, I mean, you, you rep more bicep curls than Yandy Diaz. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, I'm still there. It's just, I've added a little fluff around it. That's the only problem. Okay. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. Cause Phil, I'm a grandpa Phil actually now, started. Come on. What? You what? I said, I'm a grandpa now, Kratzy. I don't have that much time, so. Oh, congrats. Phil Phil actually lost some weight the one year because why, Phil? Tell them why you lost weight and what was the precipice of you losing weight. Well, it actually happened twice in my years in New York. The first one was in the brawl we had with the uh, Red Sox, and Marcus was kind of carrying me off the field, my hitting coach now, and, and there was a picture, a side view of us, and I, I still have it on my phone. And the first and foremost – all I would were doing was just pushing and shoving, you know, just trying to help out. And I couldn't get up the stairs when I walked back into the clubhouse, you know, those short stairs in Boston. I'm out of breath. I went up to our video guy and said, hey, can you show me a certain part of this? And I, I said, who's that? He goes, that's you. I went, oh, my God, I got to do something about this. Now, I, I had a few <laughs> shirts on. And I was a little uh, – <laughs> but I got on the scale the next morning, just woke up right out of bed, not a stitch on, and I weighed 292. So – uh, I'm down to 240 ish right now, so it was about 50 pounds, and I did it over about a couple years. But uh, and then you remember the second time I lost a little weight, I was a, a healthy, I got sick when I was there for, for a little while, but all good now. Hey, I, I want to talk about um, the Anthony Rendon situation a little bit. I know that was a little, little difficult to see, a little crazy, you know. I I kind of understand where he's coming from there. I, I would never touch somebody, but to interact with a fan, like I've done it before. I've, I've had interactions, but you know, what, what have you gotten out of that? And have you talked to him about the whole situation? We have, and, and, and you're right, Fraser. I mean, we've all been in that situation. We've all, you know, maybe made some mistakes as far as interacting with fans. I, I know I have, um, it, it, I'm sure AJ has somewhere along the line. It's just my guess, but. <laughs> I never grabbed. I think I wanted to. In fact, I think there was an incident in San Francisco, wasn't it? You didn't touch anybody, but there was birds. I just gave him the old. Uh, yeah, there you go. Finger you had, a, you had an itch on your. I had an itch, right? And I got called into the office the next day by Savi, and he's like, "What is this?" And I go, "I had an itch." And he goes, "I don't know if that's an itch. We need to scratch." <laughs> Did you get in trouble? Yeah. Not publicly. Not publicly. Okay. Not publicly. Well, the situation with Anthony and and. I think he's a very misunderstood guy being around him over the last year. There's a lot of leadership qualities that have come out. He, uh, you know, he was injured most of last year. He chose to stay with us as a group and really became kind of a leader of this team, uh, you know, through his voice, through his actions. Uh, I know he's heard all the, you know, the, the adjectives about him. He's not on the field. He doesn't care. I couldn't, Disagree with that more. First off, you don't win playoff MVPs unless you care about this game. You care about your teammates. Uh, he wants to win. He's been a great part of this from the beginning of spring training. Uh, it was an unfortunate incident where, you know, two people, they they ended up talking a, a couple of days later. You know, I was, I was around him when it happened. And he had – Anthony felt terrible. The fan felt terrible. Um, and I'll, I'll leave it at that. They had a great conversation. Uh, Anthony actually came up, took his jersey off, and went that, back down to talk to the guy because he, he did feel bad about what actually happened. Uh, you know, he's sensitive to the fact when people talk about his 
you know, some injuries and things that he's had, and, and he's ready to go. He, unfortunately, he took 98 off the tip of the shoulder yesterday from two days ago from Romano, so he's a little banged up right now. Uh, but he's going to be fine. He, he told me this morning he wants to play tonight. You know, the one thing I love about Anthony is like, he knows how to play the game. You put him in the lineup, the at-bat you're going to get, uh, his baseball intellect, his instincts are, are, are better than anybody on the field when he's out there. So we need him. Uh, he knows that. The players uh, really rally around him. They love him. Uh, he's just somebody in the clubhouse that you you flock to. And, and uh, I think it's a, a big misconception of who Anthony Rendon is. Stepping aside from Anthony specifically, I learned from these guys that the setup in Oakland is different from any other ballpark where the guy, the players have to come out in a section where fans are also located, and it's the only ballpark that has that. Should that be changed? I, I'm just surprised that, that you're, you're kind of asking for a situation that could lead to an altercation, and I'm on the fan side of looking at this going, I don't right. think that's right. Uh, no, you're you're exactly right. It is the only place where we walk actually through the fans. Um, yeah, they can. I mean, honestly, they can reach out and touch you. I watched a fan do that a couple of years ago. To Aaron Judge tried to reach over and grab his hat. And fortunately, we had a security guy, our guy with the Yankees, right next to him and uh, made sure the hat wasn't uh, took, if you will. Uh, mm -hmm. But they've actually narrowed that area down. There is some security in there. I think it does need to be better, but. You know, I've had some. I have. I have some friends that are coaches in the NBA that I actually spoke to after that. Like, how do you guys do this every day? They actually have people, fans sitting on their bench, and I know there's been interactions between player and fan all the time in the NBA, uh, and we get a little taste of that in Oakland. Uh, the Oakland fans are very passionate. I mean, I know there's not a lot of them that go there, but the A's fans that are there, they're very passionate people. And, uh, this was just a case of guys getting, you know, the, the emotions getting the best of them. It was opening day. Uh, and like I said, both parties uh, apologized and they, they made up over the phone. But you're exactly right. It's a tough situation to walk through. Uh, you know, we're not used to it. And, and that's exactly why. I mean, we talk about it before the game, sure. Uh, but it's really not something that baseball players have to do except for one place. Now, the team that you have, you have the two best players in the world on your team. And a lot of people would say, okay, well, record-wise, you've underachieved. You were the bench coach for – you were the third base coach, sorry, for yep. the Yankees in 2020. And we were underachieving. 2020 season was tough. We go into Buffalo, and we lost the first game in Buffalo, and it was a makeshift <laughs> – it was a makeshift clubhouse. Now, would you take the same approach – to get this team fired up that you took that day in Toronto that we did go out and win when you ran through the clubhouse with all 270 pounds of you and nothing else on <laughs> through the clubhouse, butt naked, getting the boys hype. Will you do that as a manager? And is, or is that against the rules as a manager now that you're, Button up, Phil Nevin. I'm the manager of the Los Angeles Angels. <laughs> well, I guess there's nothing sacred on this uh, show here. I figured that with you guys, but um, it's different times, right? Uh, it's the COVID deal. We had nobody else in the clubhouse but us. It was a boys kind of club situation, and uh, thought we needed a little spark. And I just got out of the shower. Someone ripped off my towel, so I just went flying through the clubhouse. And, you know, crazy. Uh, <laughs> I think I jumped through a wall, maybe, or a wall fell had, over. 
they had partitions. I mean, it's not even, it doesn't even exist anymore, but it was in Buffalo because the Blue Jays were playing in Buffalo because the one niner was getting everybody in Toronto. So we weren't allowed yep. out there. And they had partition. It was just a full everything. It was like a big, huge party tent. And they made partitions to, to dissect, you know, the analyst room, the manager's room, our clubhouse. And Phil was full speed and he couldn't stop or he was trying to like hit the wall but the wall wasn't a wall and it was a partition and it just went like the wall from uh like when like when the dog in uh the sandlot the wall fell on fell on uh ow piss what's the dog's name in sandlot gary sanchez but it it did fall on gary it did fall on gary so yeah Yeah, I got personality coaches for that now, but uh, we'll see. Okay, good. We'll see. You never know. Hopefully, we don't get in those situations, but every team goes through ups and downs, and you got to find a way to get out of them, right? One of the, Krautsy, one of the things I never thought I would hear is Phil Nevin, manager speak only now. He has completely changed since he's become the he's manager. Trained. He's trained well by his personality coach to only say, this is what I meant to do. I'm no longer allowed, I'm no longer allowed to do that because <laughs> I'm the manager. So... <laughs> So let's go back to your playing days, Phil. One of my favorite stories about you, and we had this conversation because I think you ended up getting traded to Texas after this, is that you were at the Padres. You're doing great. Petco, the whole deal. You guys were rocking. They're like, we're going to trade you. And you had 10-5 rights. You're like, no, you're not going to trade me. I'm going to stay here. Right? They called you in the office said, okay, you're not staying. Guess what? You're going to be a fucking catcher tomorrow, and you're going to catch in a game. And then you were like, oh, wait a minute. I'm going to take that trade now. Can you tell that story for us? <laughs> Uh, there's some truth to that. It was, I had a no trade clause of a certain amount of teams. I was getting right at my 10 five where that was going to get, uh, obviously I would take over, but, um, you know, Kevin towers and I, who, you know, the great friend who's passed, who's passed along a couple years ago. Um, like you and I, AJ, our friendship, we kind of had, was like, a, you know, we fought like brothers once in a while. And, uh, yeah, it, uh, they had me come in and catch one day. I caught that day. I did. I ended up getting thrown out of the game, I think, in the seventh inning. I had to lose the game because I I could not feel my legs anymore. I got, not squatted in about three years, and uh, I had to get out of the game. And I, and I ended up getting kicked out on a – Scott Linebrink made a good pitch. that was borderline, and I just said, all right, this is my time. This is my chance to get out of here right now. So, uh, But, yeah, and I got traded to Texas the next day. Uh, I loved my time in San Diego. I loved Kevin Towers. You know, we had, we got, we went at it a few times, but even after my career, uh, we became such really good friends and went on that Pebble Beach golf trip for a couple of years. We were partners. And, and then, uh, unfortunately, he got the cancer and, and uh, has left us. But uh, no, I, I, I guess we, we certainly all have had some moments back in our days. And uh, that was one of mine. Yeah. <laughs> did you need to be did you need to now that you know you know you've been a manager has it been a full year yet or have you you're coming up on a year uh i, t- I took over in june about last year so okay. we're getting there so it's short now looking back on it did you need to be in the minor leagues as a as a manager to learn to you know do what you're doing now or could you have been up earlier well i mean i I think I, I went through some managerial interviews and, you know, you're always thinking you're ready. Right. And I think each stop along the way has just taught me more and more through experiences, through relationships. Uh, 
being a part of the Yankee organization was, was fantastic and how they run things, the Giants as well, the Diamondbacks, the Tigers. I think everywhere you go, you, you know, you take those experiences and learn from them. Um, you know, I, I feel like there's, there's always, we're always going to the ballpark, you know, wanting to learn something new and, and, you know, there's always something that'll come up and get you. Uh, but the more experiences you can have throughout the minor leagues, and I'm you know, I know there's plenty of guys that you got, you were talking about Craig Council earlier, uh, never coached, never managed at any level. He was in the front office and went down and there's a learning curve for him. I'm sure if you talk to him, uh, he'll tell you the same thing, but he had really good people around him. And I think the better people you can surround yourself with, uh, the better off you're going to be. Uh, I certainly take a lot of pride in the, the relationships I've made in the past, uh, past managers, coaches I've worked with, organizations I worked for, general managers, uh, presidents, everything. Uh, you take a little bit from from every little piece of where you've been, and I think it makes us all better. Uh, so yeah, I, you know, I I think the more time you spend down there, the better off you're going to be. But uh, I, I feel like I'm really in a good place. I, I love the relationships with the players. I love going to the park every day, as we did when we were players. Uh, but you do have to learn how to separate those, uh, you know, player to coach or manager. And uh, I feel like the experiences down there have helped me do that. Hey, talking about managing players, different player like Shohei Otani. I mean, he's a two-way player. How, how do you manage him? I know he doesn't want to ever come out, but at the same time, he's got to pitch and he's got to hit. He's, he's the most diverse player, and he's probably the best player in the big leagues right now. So how do you manage that and, you know, go from there? You know what, Frazier? With Shohei, it's almost like, what do you need? What, you know, are you done? Or is it – and it's really – there's a lot of fact to it. Uh, you know, this guy's preparation before games, the things he does to get ready to play a game – not just physically, but mentally uh, studying. Uh, it's nothing short of amazing. It's it's something I've never seen before. I can assure you guys, if you are around this every day, there's a huge wow factor. Uh, you know, to be able to, he doesn't, you know, he never hits on the field. He never takes batting practice on the field. He does everything inside. He has to manage, you know, what his pitching stuff is, what his hitting stuff is. He understands how much the sleep is important to him, his nutrition and he doesn't miss a beat. Uh, he's the most prepared, organized, uh, routine-oriented person I've ever been around. Uh, he wants to be the best player in the game, uh, and there's reasons why he is. Phil, conversation you've had with Otani and the last combo you've had with Trout. Obviously, you're talking to them every day. It could be baseball, non-baseball. I think part of what we're doing on this show, too, is just trying to give good access to how great the personalities are, even if they're not necessarily giving you these incredible sound bites, say, like you'll get from some players in the <laughs> NBA. These are interesting, intricate dudes that have other interests. So give us a little insight on each of them. Well, easy with Mike. Uh, when, it, when it's not a baseball-related topic, we're always, it's always golf. Uh, you know, he's building a golf course. He loves the game. Uh, we played a couple times this winter. He actually went out and played with my son. He took my son out one day, who's my youngest, who's with the Dodgers. Uh, he loves, absolutely loves the game. Um, and we have mutual friends through the golf community. But you know, we just had our golf pool again for the Masters, which uh, I think the managers won three out of the last four, boys. I, I, gotta, I don't know how this works, but you just pick out of these tiers and I've won the last three, so they're killing me on why my golf knowledge. But it's honestly, I'm just pulling names out of a hat, kind of, and I've won the last few. But uh, Mike is just—he's enthralled with the with the game. Uh, he's a really good player, as you can imagine. He hits it a mile. But a lot of our conversations focused around golf with Shohei. 
uh, what people don't understand is he, he's such a big personality. He's funny. He, you know, but we've actually gone to a couple dinners. And so we talk about food a lot, sushi. And, you know, he loves in and out when he's here. Um, but we've, he's taken me to some really cool sushi restaurants and taught me kind of the art of, you know, that cuisine, which is really cool. I've always enjoyed it. And, been to Japan a couple times, but uh, he's really a, a, an intriguing person away from the baseball field. He's somebody that, uh, you know, first off, really cares about his teammates, but he is so focused on being the best player in the world and just watch the ball works. Uh, and then some of the things that, you know, I just kid him about, you know, the cars he's driving or where, you know, he's he's got such a big, great personality. He's funny. Uh, he loves interacting with his teammates, and that's just something that not a lot of get, people get to see. Do people notice him? Who, who gets noticed more in Anaheim, Mike Trout or Shohei Atani? I would say Shohei probably. He, he doesn't, you know, I, you know, I'm not going to speak for him, but yeah, he's very, he's really worldwide. Um, you know, I can't imagine he can uh, go outside much, and he's very recognizable. Um, uh, you know, the ads in our up on our scoreboard. He's got some like commercials now for skincare products, and we make fun of him. There's these. As they run up on the scoreboard where he, hey, he's a, he's a model. He looks like a model up there, you know, and he's doing his acting and stuff. And the guys kind of, you know, mess around with him and he just kind of does this. It's <laughs> the money. <laughs> What's the funniest thing that Otani's done? You said he's funny. You said he's got a big personality. What's the funniest thing since you've been a manager that he's done? Well, he, we do our pregame uh, handshakes and stuff, and we have one, and I kind of screwed it up one day, and he had to walk all the way underneath and come back and make me redo it, just because, I tell you, it's, it's part of his routine, but him just making fun of me, and he'll tap me on one shoulder, and he'll move to the next shoulder, and, you know, I'm looking around like this. He's just, there's so many little tiny things that you don't need. It's, there's not a really a language barrier. He's, uh, we're able to communicate, you know, very well, uh, I'm learning some Japanese words. He's learning, you know, he's very, you know, getting a lot better with his English and he wants to learn it to interact with his teammates. And then there's this hat. I don't know where this thing came from, but uh, our home run hat, which I like to see brought out a lot, obviously, uh, it's heavy for one. These things keep breaking off, but uh, I'm not sure if he designed it or what, but he's had some funny things to say about it that maybe we can't repeat. <laughs> Epic. I love it. Let's 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 choose let's choose your own adventure. Let's take it back to 2020. Your ending. We lost in uh, ALDS to the Rays, and it's looking like possibly you could be the Tigers' manager. How does that like everything kind of falling out of place for you not to become the manager, and then going back to the Yankees? How was that situation like you were doing the interviews and it was 2020. So it was like, everything's online and you're close to home as we're at the, we're in the bubble. Like, how does yeah. that, how would that have changed? You know, you're, you're, how would that have changed your trajectory? You, you know, as you thinking possibly you could get that job. I mean, I can tell you exactly how it changed mine. I, I, I had been through some interviews in the past, uh, maybe three or four or five years in a row uh, when I was with the Diamondbacks and then a few years with the Yankees. But I really felt like this might've been my last chance, you know, and if it didn't happen, it didn't happen. I, I loved where I was at with the Yankees. I was working for one of my best friends and Aaron Boone. And, 
but when I didn't get the job, I was I disappointed. Certainly, uh, you know, I kind of thought that was, I, I really thought that was, the, that was it. I'm going to coach for a few more years um, and then probably go watch my kids play. You know, I haven't got to see either one of my boys play too many games live in my life. Uh, get to watch them on TV now, but uh, I really thought that was it. And uh, I spent one more year with the Yankees and then uh, it wasn't going to work out there anymore. Uh, I was at a point where I, I just really thought I was done. And Perry called to, uh, you know, ask me to come over and be the third base coach. And we sat down several times. Originally, I was was not going to do it. I was not. You know, I just thought, like I said, I thought I was done. And, and uh, it was close to home. It was it was near uh, where I grew up. And to put an angel uniform on and be around the people I was with, kind of full circle, if you will, uh, I had a good relationship with Joe Madden uh, when I came over last year. He was a coach with the Angels when I played here. Uh, so I just thought it would be a good fit. I'm close to home. Um, and uh, it just worked out this way. Not exactly how I planned it uh, at all, but certainly uh, when it did happen, uh, embracing it and, and tackling it head on. And it's something that I've obviously, as you guys know, wanted to do for a long time. And uh, I really love what I'm doing. Did are you and Aaron Boone still tight? Because you guys were best friends. You you were pretty much yeah, best very, friends. Yeah, you're we, still we, you're still tight, even though it didn't work out. Oh yeah, yeah. It's uh, okay. Good. No, I, I I was hoping you would say that. I didn't want you to say no. We hate each other now. We're gonna fight <laughs> no, like no, me, no, you no. and Kapler. We, we, <laughs> we had we we probably talked. I would guess on a, every other day basis. You know, especially through spring training because we spent four of those together. We lived in houses right next door to each other, watching The Bachelorette every uh, Monday night and watching old highlights of it every other night. Did I say that out loud? Yeah. So, and then the last thing before we let you go, Eric Kratz in our pre-production meeting today said, if Phil Nevin gets the Tigers job, he asked me to be his bench coach. True or false? Uh, don't shake your head, Kratzy. You know I called you. So uh, I think Kratzy will be... This is he won't be behind a TV camera too often. Uh, not that it, not that he doesn't have a look for it. You look great, Kratz. <laughs> uh, he's just you know there's just people you relationships you create along the way that you understand what kind of baseball guys they were. Uh, he's going to be whatever he wants to in this game. I'm not trying to pump you up any more than, <laughs> than these guys probably do. But seriously, one of the best baseball guys I've been around. Uh, he cares. Uh, I believe we shed some tears after we lost that game that you were talking about together uh, because that was your last one, and I remember that. Um, but there's certain people in this game that you just know that will be superstars in whatever they do, and I know Kratzy will, and I did reach out to him. I don't know if it was specifically for the bench coach job, but I definitely called him to be a part of the staff, sure. Nice. Congratulations. Jeez, we end on that note. You know, we're no, that was great. That was great. That was <laughs> awesome. I didn't have anything. Yeah. He's almost in tears. Though. Yeah. That's a great way to finish. That was awesome. Yeah. I love that. I well, noticed I didn't get a phone call. Uh, yeah. No. Uh, well, you guys got in fights. He doesn't want to get in fights with you. He said you're like kicking the golf ball. Into who the wins? Who win? Hey, who win? Who wins in golf between you two? Oh, Phil. Phil. Oh, it's gross. Wait, wait, wait. I had, I had, I've had way more years off than he has to <laughs> play more golf. Phil's I a better golfer than I am. So, Phil, you're a way better golfer than AJ? Because I had AJ – I haven't golfed with him yet, but I had AJ mm -hmm. higher up in the golf mm -hmm. echelon. I will not say way better, no. He's better. But better. I mean, he's, he's a better <laughs> golfer. I can admit it. He's a better golfer than me. 
I've played. I've been. I've played for a long time. I. It's not quite what it used to be, but because uh, I don't get to play as often. But no, I. I uh, if I were, to, I'll take AJ straight up if that's what you're asking. But I'm not going to give him that many. <laughs> wait, Phil's all. Wait, you're fifty. Cal, fifty what? Fifty-two. And I'll say this: the first when we first started playing golf, when AJ first retired, he was absolutely awful. When we used to play on those Nike trips. I mean, it was sprayed here and there. And then we get into these. We played this tournament in Orlando, and now there's fans involved. We're playing with the LPGA girls, and uh, I, we, AJ, I believe we got paired up one time, and I was astonished how well he played, how much improvement he's made. He, like anything, I mean, I think we're just competitive people, and you don't want to suck at anything, and especially in a competition level. And uh, AJ certainly is one of those guys, and his game has gotten really good. I can, I feel like I can take him to any course now and not be embarrassed. You know what I mean? Yes, thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Like the time we went to Oakmont that time for the U.S. Open, and we both embarrassed ourselves at that day. Oh, you yeah. You remember yeah. that day. That was that was one of those days we're not going to talk about on TV. Right. <laughs> hey, Phil, I hope you enjoyed this, man. This was fun. It was great catching up with you. Yeah, of course, you're not going to be worlds ahead of AJ. you got to go manage Trout, Otani, yeah. and, and the damn Angels. So go get him tonight against the Nats, and we'll talk again soon, all right? I agree. Thank you, guys. It was a great show. I had a good time. Uh, we'll get Frazier talking next time, though, would we? <laughs> they're turning, I know he can talk. Uh, his brother, because I managed his brother in AAA also. So, uh, some, he some, doing? so he's doing well. Thank you. He's doing well. He's teaching at the high school. But hey, when when they they get rolling, you gotta let them go. You gotta know your place. So I I'll get you next time. No worries. I got it, pal. Good to see you. <laughs> All right, brother. You Appreciate too, you, Phil. Thanks, Phil. Sorry. Thanks, Philly. Awesome. Love nice. that. Calling out Kratz for his inside story. No, I, I wanted to hear the story because that's awesome. Like, think yeah, about Kratz. He, he knew he was done playing, and then he gets a call from a guy that thinks he's going to be a big league manager to be a coach on his staff. That's all. That's an awesome yeah. story. Like, that deserves more credit than, you know, it's a guy that sits out for a couple of years. Like, you, because Phil just coached him with the Yankees, and Phil said, I want you to be on my staff right away. That's a great credit to Eric Kratz. It was, it was it was an honor and and he was you know when you when you think back to like getting calls like that and like relationships you have with guys yeah Scotty you're right like it's it's emotional because like you're not talking about me as a player you're not like oh my gosh he knows the game so much like he was talking about the relationships that we had and you know the relationships of the guys around me and you know he he didn't know what his role would have been if he had gotten that job. He didn't know exactly what he could offer, but for him to reach out to me and, and say something, you know, he, he called me after his interview and I had only let a few people know that I wasn't going to play anymore. Um, and, you know, he had reached out to me and, and asked that, and it was definitely something that was an honor for sure.